Welcome to Freedom Slave Podcast, where fempreneurs, side hustlers, and entrepreneurs come to fast track their success. If you're a millennial girl boss, listen, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the goods, because every week you're going to get the tools that you need to slay your business goals to create a life of time and financial freedom. I'm Ganette Jones, your host and Freedom Slayer in charge here. Let's begin. Welcome to episode 40 of the Freedom Slave podcast. Today's topic ties nicely with episode 39's all about media soundbites, as we're going to be sticking to the theme of PR once again this week. Now, if you haven't listened to the last episode with Susan Harrow, I'd say go back to that one first, as the thing she teaches you in that one will allow you to get to the point to succeed at the things today's guest shares. On this episode, you'll be learning from Lindsay Walker, founder of Walker & Associates, as well as her personal brand, PR Girls Do It Better, who will be sharing the three mistakes business owners make when they pitch the media and what to do instead. Important, right? Not just telling us what not to do, but actually giving us the knowledge on what to do instead. So really helpful information here. Lindsay's been featured and has had clients placed all over the place, like Forbes, Essence, ABC, and many others. So if you're ready to shoot your shot and get your business on media attention, this episode will be helpful. Let's dive in. Hello, Lindsay. Welcome to Freedom Slay Podcast. I'm excited to have you on. I'm excited to be here. Now, I know you've worked with BT and Interscope Records. And for those of you who are listening and you're like, what's Interscope Records? That's who has the Billie Eilish, the Baby, Eminem, Dr. Dre, Lady Gaga, Selena Gomez, Kendrick Lamar, all the people, right? Ari Lennox. Anyway, back to the point. I know you've worked with them and you've also written a book and are a stage four cancer survivor. Can you give us a little backstory on your life and how you've gotten to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. So I want to be clear, like I've worked with projects that were like featured on BET and then I've done work alongside an Interscope Records artist. I always just like to be super, super clear. But yeah, being in PR and being an entrepreneur is something that I never really expected. You know, growing up, I knew nothing about being an entrepreneur. I knew, I, I didn't even know that I was going to be in this space. I just knew that I wanted to work as a creative. Um, I've always loved to write. I've always loved to connect with people. I was the little girl that loved, you could find me getting lost in like the magazine section of Walmart or Target or wherever there were books. Like I was always reading. I was always trying to keep up with what was going on and who's who and all of that stuff. And so as I got older and I, you know, wrapped up with my high school education, I decided that I wanted to, going into college, that I wanted to major in mass communications because I'd gotten a little taste of it. I was accepted into the minority journalism workshop as a part of just a program my senior year, fell in love with PR, fell in love with the whole process. And, you know, so I graduated from Jackson State University. I done like multiple internships and you know I was ready to take on the world I was ready to you know just start my life right because that's what we think after college is going to be just swoo your straight straight shot there (laughs) (laughs) it did not happen for me exactly that way I'm from St. Louis so I moved back home and I could not find a job in my field and um, I just after about three months of applying for like 
over a hundred jobs. Like I got interviews, but they weren't really quite a fit for what I wanted to do, you know, and it's no shade to anybody who feels like they just need to start a job to start a job. But for me, I just felt like I'd worked too hard in my field and I wanted a position in my field. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to just create it. And that's kind of how I got started into the PR industry was I started as a freelance and, you know, I connected with different clients on Twitter and LinkedIn. And, you know, those were like the main two social media things at the time. There wasn't really an Instagram. So I just kind of put myself out there, got a couple of clients and, and continued to work from there. And it has been a a very interesting journey and experience and I really would not trade it for anything. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you were super intentional. I, lo- I do like that you made that clarification. Like I get that for some people, it's for you to take whatever job you can at the moment to make ends meet. However, you were super intentional and knew what you wanted from Jump and that wasn't it. So I do appreciate that. And what was the first, do you remember your very first job you secured? As far as client go? Client- yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I worked with the choreographer at the time. He was Ashanti's creative director. So he was my first client. And then I had two authors, two independent authors that were here in the St. Louis area. And those were my first three projects. That's a big first project because Ashanti was the girl to touch yeah. back then. Yeah, that's awesome. So now let's get into business because I know you've came on here to share the three mistakes business owners make when they pay pitch the media. So because you have so much of this PR experience in this world, can you let us know what those three mistakes are? Yeah. So number one, the biggest mistake that people make is that they do not do their homework. Um, People think that, you know, oh, I know this person at Essence or oh, such and such works here. That does not mean that they are automatically going to be able to get you placed just because you may know them. You have to do your homework. You have to make sure that you are targeting the correct person, right? And you have to make sure that, and this leads into the second mistake, like you have to make sure that your message, that your press angle is a fit for what it is that the outlet is looking for. So let's say, you know, you're trying to pitch to Essence, you're pitching to, you know, their hospitality um, section or their food and drink section, right? You have to pitch the right editor with the right story. And so if you are a beauty brand, you can't just pitch someone that works at Essence. You have to make sure that it's the right fit and that it's the right story. Something that's going to be new, that it's something that's going to be fresh, that it's something that is going to really capture their attention. So you have to make sure that your brand story is on target with what the outlets are looking for, because that's very, very key. You have to make sure that you are putting yourself and your products and services in a position that makes people want to know more about them. You know, every publication is different and they may not understand or want to know about your personal story. They may just want to know about the product or they may want to know about your personal story and not so much your product. So you have to make sure that you are telling the correct story to the correct outlet. And the third mistake that people make is they don't have a process for following up. They think that just because they send an email one time that
that, oh, I didn't hear back from them. You know, I guess they don't want to feature me or, you know, they don't understand that it truly is a process when it comes to getting featured in media outlets. You have to follow up. You have to be strategic about your follow-up and you have to make sure that there's a method to the madness. So many gems in that <laughs> that section. So let's rewind a bit. You said, one, you have to do your homework and knowing someone isn't enough. And a lot of people don't even get to that place where they build relationships. For you all that are listening, you have to do that homework. If you do, even if you know someone, like Lindsay said, you have to be able to ensure that you're targeting the right person. Are they even in the area or in the department that you're trying to target? Would you say that it's fine to reach out to them, Lindsay, to ask, let's say you do know someone at Essence and you, you know, you're, you have a relatively healthy relationship, a healthy relationship with them and you send them a message and you're like, Hey, you know, I want to pitch someone about my new teacup. Do you know someone in that area that I can send an email to? Would that be an okay request to them? Or is this something you believe we should be trying to figure out ourselves? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think if you, you know, have a rapport or, you know, if you're able to build that up and, you know, they say, hey, I'll pass, you may want to ask, like, okay, you know, do you know someone that would be interested? They may be willing to pass it along. I'll never forget, I tried so hard to get my client into Madame Noir and I was just pitching away, pitching away, pitching away, pitching away. And finally, like, I would never hear anything. So I just kind of went on about my business. I finally, like, moved on to another place. Place, you know, the campaign was rolling. One day I opened up my email and it was from another editor that was like, hey, this person would be a good fit because they've been through X, Y, and Z and they wanted to connect with my client. I didn't even know that they were reading my email, right? I, I completely just was like, okay, they're not reading. I need to try another approach. But it was just what they were looking for at the time, you know, versus the time that I was pitching them. So sometimes timing is everything. So I say that to say, you definitely can't ask for clarity or, you know, ask like, hey, what are you working on? How can I be of assistance? That sort of thing. Mm -hmm. That's funny that you say that because I do know while going into your second point, which was the message has to be the right fit and right story for it. So for different magazines, I know there's like a running time. Is it like four months out that they're searching for those cover articles and the articles that are going to be covered? I'm thinking like an O magazine every month. What is it called? Editorial calendar. There we go. The word escaped me. Yep, the editorial calendar um, or the lead times, especially for print, is definitely going to be between four to six months, sometimes a little bit, you know, beyond that. It, it really just depends, like, at each, and that's a good point, each publication, each outlet style is going to have a different lead time, right? So like with print, it's four to six months. With broadcast, depending on what you're pitching, it may be, you know, two to four weeks. With different online publications, it may vary until about a week or so. You know, with podcasts, it's usually a quicker turnaround. So yeah, that's definitely key to keep in mind as well. And then the last point you had made was you have to have a process to follow up. And I know in the same token, you don't want to be a bore to the editor. So what do you suggest? Is it like following up a week later, you know, maybe following up two weeks later? And I actually have a tip for people listening after you respond to this as well. We'll be back after a quick break. Money is all around us and we think about it more than almost every other aspect of our lives. But how can we make more of it? And what's our drive for building wealth beyond just the numbers in our bank account? 
Join us on the Make More podcast as our host Matt Heslin brings to you a dynamic lineup of experts in the world of investing, business, health, and beyond. Together, they unpack the secrets to not just surviving, but thriving in today's economy. It's about more than just wealth. It's about crafting life experiences, seizing opportunities, and building a legacy. Subscribe now to the Make More with Matt Heslin podcast and join us every week for new expert insights and inspiration. Yeah. So, I mean, I always tell people it depends on how you're working. For me, because I typically work on very fast-paced campaigns and we have to get responses and things of that nature, I try to follow up at least, you know, if I reach out to you on first engagement and you don't respond, I may send a nudge that next week and say, hey, were you interested? Like, let me know your thoughts. And then, you know, just kind of goes from there. Mm-hmm. And for those of you listening, two things. So touching on what Lindsay said just now, when you're following up, it's following up to something that you think will be valuable for the audience, right? So you're not just trying to get on someone's place just to get on someone's plate. Like, what are you going to provide a value to that person? Whether it's your story, whether it's information about your helpful product or service. So Lindsay's following up, but Lindsay's following up because she knows she has a piece because she's already done her homework that's going to be beneficial. So just so you know, you guys aren't just sending random editors emails and following up for something that isn't a fit to begin with. So just think about that. And the the other thing I wanted to suggest to you was MailTrack. MailTrack is an app. It links with Google. So even if like right now I have my contact at gainate.com, I have Freedom Slay podcast at gainate.com, I have all these email addresses. I have them linked through my Gmail account as well, as well as the website. But with MailTrack, what happens is you're able to see every time an email is opened, every time an email is clicked on, a link is clicked on. So you're able to see whether or not the editor has an interest in it or you know what particular interest they have. So maybe they're checking out your website and has, haven't clicked on your link to see whatever you're talking about. Or maybe they're checking your Instagram page. And because you see them continuously opening it or clicking on it, you can tell that they're interested. So with that, you may want to follow up even sooner because maybe they just got distracted and they went into something else. So that's my two cents. Um, do you use MailTrack or anything similar to that, Lindsay? Um, I do have, and you actually just reminded me that I need to put it back because I I just switched computers. But yes, I do use different email trackers. And those are so helpful because it allows you to see like, okay, this person didn't read it. So let me just send them the whole new email or this person read it. I didn't hear a response from them. So let me, you know what I mean? Let me just nudge them a little bit. So yes, I am definitely in alignment and in agreement with those tips for sure. Awesome. Yeah. I used it when I was pitching editor on an editor's agents for my book and I can see them open, like literally a lot of them open them within the first second of getting it so it's interesting you can't get it if you're someone who's super obsessive like why they haven't replied back yet it may drive you insane but it is a helpful tool so Lindsay thank you for that information with the three mistakes business owners make when they're pitching but now that we've covered the never do's or the things that they shouldn't do or should do right can we touch on some things you've noticed that really move your pitch to the top of the pile? Like, what are your top moves you go to? Yeah, I mean, I think that for me, like, I'll never forget when I got my client featured in the New York Times. And this was something, you know, the New York Times is huge. And so this was something that I did not have a relationship 
you know, with this editor, we've kind of built one over time because of, like you said earlier, what I had to offer, I knew that he would find valuable because it was directly in his lane. It was directly in his space. And he'd done a similar article. And within that pitch, I, you know, specifically said, hey, I just read your recent article. This is why I think you would be interested in my client. And then I went on into the pitch. So that's why it's super important to, when you are pitching, make sure that you show the editor that, hey, like, I'm not just pitching you out of the blue. I've done my homework. I read the article. You know, you can even put a link to the article inside of the email. And, you know, that makes all of the difference in the world. People like to feel that you appreciate their work, like the same way that you want someone to appreciate your work. You have to reciprocate that. So that's one thing that's definitely, definitely worked for me is just making sure that people know like, hey, I read your work. I know who you are. I've done my homework. You know, I provide them with like different angles. Like maybe they can't do a feature, but maybe my client can do a guest post or something like that. So I make sure that I include different things that they may be interested in inside of the email. And then also celebrity tie-ins. Like I've had some clients that, you know, maybe they're not the celebrity themselves, but they've worked with the talent and they're able to showcase their expertise from that vein. So that's definitely a top move that works as well. And then, you know, just kind of making sure that I'm on trend. So like with everything that's going on with COVID and quarantine, like making sure that I'm providing value from the standpoint of, okay, you know, here's five ways that you can continue to build your business even during quarantine or something like that. Okay. Yes. That's so helpful. And again, I'm going to have to rewind to go through these things because I find they're so helpful. The first one you said, which is a reiteration of the previous one is to do your homework, right? And when you do that homework, the editor appreciates that. They can tell that not only are you sending an email to say, hey, I love your work and I think this would be a good fit, but you're showing proof that you love their work by either quoting something or sharing a link to it that you think would be similar to what it is that you can provide or something like that. So I do like that. And when you say do your homework, I know you said previously it was through LinkedIn and Twitter that you were building that rapport, building that connection with them. Right now, what do you use? I know you probably just do your Google searches, but is there any specific tool other than Google and social media that you're looking at? Um, Instagram is like amazing for connecting with journalists and that sort of thing. So I definitely have been using that as a tool kind of you know like you said google is, is like my bff in business as well so between those tools and then i also have another tool that i use called rocket reach where you can kind of see uh, if you connect it to someone's linkedin you can see their profile and kind of capture their emails that way so that's another tool that i i love to use thank you for that reminder i haven't signed into rocket reach in forever so now you're reminding me to use that. I completely forgot about it. Thank yeah. you so much. Yes. And the second point you had made was about giving them different angles and possibly giving them the option of a guest post or a feature. And I know even for the email I received for this podcast interview, you had so many different topics that you can cover that would be beneficial for my audience, which I thought was so helpful. And because of that, you've done all the work. Like you make it so easy for those who are reading the email, like, oh crap, I don't even have to think about what we'd have to talk about or all of that because you've already shared your expertise and you shared exactly how you can help in different ways. So I loved, loved that. 
And the third point was the celebrity tie-ins. So you were saying that if someone had worked with a celebrity before, you know, they can share that as a way of sharing their expertise. So awesome. Thank you for that. And I noticed that Walker and Associates Media Group, along with your personal brand, PR Girls Do It Better with Position to Pivot, you have many offerings at different price points for entrepreneurs and different stages of their journey. Can you share a bit more about all the things that you have to offer on both the Walker and Associate Media Group side, as well as your personal brand, PR Girls Do It Better? Yeah, so Walker and Associates Media Group is my PR firm where I work like one-on-one with clients. I, you know, we handle everything from an agency perspective in terms of, you know, handling their campaigns, creating the campaigns, developing the strategy, working with editors. Like we're doing everything for you. Like you are our client. You're in good hands. We're representing you. We're representing your brand. PR Girls Do It Better is a movement that I started for aspiring, you know, publicists and women in business who wanted to learn more about how to get publicity, maybe how to get into the industry and what that looks like. So there are separate things like I have a membership that we're getting ready to relaunch soon. We have different classes that people can take. So there are those things, you know, that are kind of coming into play with PR Girls Do It Better and being able to just kind of act as a mentor, if you will, on that side of the table. And recently, in light of everything that's going on with quarantine, I just developed the position to pivot accelerator because I wanted to be able to help business owners learn how to put themselves into a position where they can do things like this and they can get on podcasts and have different, you know, magazine interviews and they kind of have the knowledge and the know-how. So that's the accelerator that we're actually enrolling people in now. And we start on May 1st. So I'm super excited about that. And so, yeah, these are all, you know, different stages of working with me, depending on where you are in your business model. And let's say someone is running their business and they're really looking for a full package, right? I know you have different package offerings on your site and they're looking for maybe someone to help them get the press. They're looking for someone to help them get their PR package together and things like that. What would you recommend for them? Yeah, so the great thing about that, like if they're looking to, you know, just kind of be guided in that way, we have another service that's under Walker and Associates Media Group umbrella and it's called the Pitch Print. That is kind of like a done for you service where I give you the blueprint. I work with you one-on-one to develop your strategy. I give you up to 20 media contacts and then we develop your brand story. And once you have those key pieces, you are kind of, you're able to go off on your own to, you know, just implement everything. But it's like, we're taking the guesswork out of it. And I often tell people like, you know, think of it as having your own personal publicists and PR coordinators right there with you to guide you through that process. Oh, that's awesome. So for those of you listening, you can find that at is it Walker Associate? It's Walk, no, Walker A S S O C, right? Media Group? Yeah, mediagroup.com. Yeah. Okay, perfect. And I'll put all the links below in the in the description for this podcast as well, just so you have easy access to it. However, I think that'll be super helpful for those who are listening because so many are on different parts of their journey. So I do know for sure there are going to be people, especially those who are side hustling, that would love to take you up on the offer you're doing with that position to pivot. And I know others who are a bit further along in the journey and they'll likely require the assistance from 
your Walker and Associates media group side. So I'm glad you offer so many things that can help them. Question for you. What pet peeves do you have when people are pitching the media or if maybe you've looked at previous pitches that clients have sent what are things that just make you cringe oh gosh like (laughs) when people don't take the time out to write a subject line that is going to be a fit um, people have to like that's an important thing too when you're pitching like I have to know what you're emailing me about like don't just send me something for the sake of sending it in terms of, oh, I want to be featured. So make sure that you take time out to write an amazing subject line. Make sure that you are, again, just doing your homework in terms of figuring out what's going to get someone to open an email. And then too, like, even when people, you know, are are emailing me for certain things, like misspelling my name, that makes me cringe. You know what I mean? Because you Mm -hmm. got my email from somewhere. So it's not that hard. Right. And then like when people just send pitches that aren't descriptive or they're short or, you know, like it's like be professional. For sure. So they have to have really good subject lines, which makes sense because people aren't going to open if you aren't letting them know what it's about. Right. And don't try to beat all around the bush either. Get to the point. Like, don't send an email to say, hey, how are you doing? I love your stuff. And that's it. When you know your whole point of reaching out to them is to pitch for something. They don't have time to go back and forth. Mm -hmm. And what Lindsay said about the name is so accurate. And on that same token, because it's not difficult to, I mean, sometimes, especially if you're typing from a phone, Apples do the most. So sometimes they autocorrect and things like that. And I think people can understand that. But when you do an outright misspelling, like maybe putting Lindsay with an A instead of an E, then she knows you haven't done your homework, right? And beyond that, with the name, you also don't want to be sending mass emails. That's one thing that drives me up a wall. Even mass DMs, you can tell when someone just copies and pastes a message to send to everybody. There's nothing personalized. There's no, I mean, you could tell that they maybe copied and pasted your name sometimes into a mass email, but a lot of times they aren't touching on things that you're interested in. So you may think you're being slick, but do your homework and take the time to send personalized messages because that's how you're going to get the best results. So thank you for all of that, Lindsay. I have one question I love to ask all those who come on this podcast and that is what does freedom mean to you you know that is something that i'm still figuring out i think that my definition of freedom is ever evolving at this point because i I think that it's just a matter of how you feel in the moment and especially right now with everything that's going on with COVID, like I think that we all are starting to look at freedom a little bit differently. So to me, like now, like right now in this moment, freedom is just having the ability to just be and and, and to be content with wherever I am right now in this process and in this journey of my life and not being swayed by anything that's going on around me. I would consider that right now to be my definition of freedom oh snaps you know the snaps you get when you're at a poetry meeting (laughs) (laughs) i said poetry meeting you know what i mean that's what i was i was doing while you were saying that i love that being content with where you are in the moment i absolutely love that thank you so much for hopping on the podcast Lindsay. Thank you for having me. I've definitely enjoyed it for sure. And where can people find you? 
Yeah, so I like love, 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 love Instagram. I am at Lynn PR Mentality. That is L-Y-N-N-P-R Mentality. I, I, you can also connect with me. Like I am not, you know, I, I don't shy away from answering DMs. So, you know, feel free if you follow me on Instagram, ask me a question, let me know that you heard this episode. You can also go to my website, which is www.walkerassoc.com. That's A-S-S-O-C, Media group.com connect with me there so there you have it Lindsay dropped jams for things you should not be doing when you're pitching the media and more importantly got into so many things that you can do instead I hope you enjoyed it I know I enjoyed talking to Lindsay and if you did get anything out of this episode at all make sure that you head on over to the Apple podcast store and leave a review for this podcast it takes all of 20 seconds but it means the world Also, make sure you're giving Lindsay a follow on Instagram. Maybe take a screenshot of this and tag her. I'll be putting the links for everything she mentioned below. And we'll chat next time. Adios. Okay, okay. I see you, Freedom Slayer. You stayed through to the end, which tells me that you likely enjoyed this episode. Listen, if you haven't already, do your sister a favor by heading on over to the iTunes store to leave a review for the podcast. It'll help others like you find a benefit from it. And look, it also helps with the rankings. Hashtag transparent AF. I appreciate you. 